Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the road to Damascus, where once again, we have a full panel and I'm happy about it. But before we get into that, I just want to tell you how you can participate with the show. You can participate by reaching out to us. We're on Twitter and Instagram at road to Damascus. That's road the number road the number two Damascus. Or you can reach us by email. That's road the number two Damascus at iCloud.com. Where if you have any ideas, show topics, or anything you'd like to discuss, any feedback, then just uh, let us know. We'd be happy to hear from you. And let's uh, introduce the returning contestants to the today's show. We're going to start with the one, the only, Lolo. Say what's up to the people, Lolo. Hey, world. And the man that's uh, the navigator, Knowledge Bone. (laughs) Knowledge Bone with the science. Say what's up to him, Steph. What up, Doc? Like a butterfly, like a bee. (laughs) Rumble, young man, rumble. (laughs) And now to the sage, wise one. The one, the only. I call her Rabbi. I call her. No, I got so many names. It's just running through my mind. You could you say Rabbi. You could call her uh, Jedi. You can call her. <laughs> she just shaking her head. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Say what's up to Rabbi Shonda's. The one and only. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I just like to see her face. Like, what is he about to say now? Nah. I never know. Never know who's going to come out of my mouth. And, of course, I'm the host, Brug Hendricks. Nice to meet you all. (laughs) (laughs) So um, today we're doing a topic that uh, Shonda came up with. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn the mic over to the maestro. Okay. I wanted to talk about um, the unexpected discomfort of Christianity. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because let me start with the scripture. First Peter 4.12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened. But rejoice in as much as you are a partaker of Christ's sufferings. This is not the way we introduce Christianity to people. We give them a beautiful story. It's almost pain-free, struggle-free, and it's like a first-class ticket to heaven, and there's no way you can lose it. Just jump on the road. You don't even have to change much. And you're good. And then the first time you hit a wall, you're ready to quit. Or, you know, we scare people in. Uh, We give them, now listen, hell is real, but we scare people in with that. And then when they hit something, they they can't, it's not going to keep you. Fear may bring you in, but it won't make you stay. We introduce a love story with no troubles. How many of you have ever been in love and didn't hit some obstruction? You know, you, you that's a whole nother show. You married and, you know, people make marriage look so good because you can have all the sex you want, all the ways you want. You go on these dates and it looks all good until you actually get in it. Then you realize I, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And you we ready. we ready to run. It's the same as it is in the natural. So it is in the spirit. So I think we need to um, prepare people. That even in your relationship with God, who is omnipotent and omniscient and all-powerful, you're going to face some times where you don't see a way out. You're going to go down a street with no outlet. 
you know, you're, he's gonna, you're gonna find out that he can be an exit on the dead end street. But in order for you to get that, you're gonna have to go down a dead end street. You're gonna face a Red Sea. You're gonna face some enemies. But we don't talk about these things, and people get blindsided, and then they think, "Man, I ain't, I ain't know." You know, it's going God left me, or why would God do this? And if he's such a loving God, why does this happen? But struggle is a part of the journey. Salvation is, the beauty of salvation is diversity. The beauty of it is it's a mixture of grace and suffering, beauty and ashes, joy and sadness. And I think we need to give people the full story so that they understand it's an exchange. That I will give you beauty for those ashes, but you're going to have, the only way to get ashes is for something to burn up. You know, I'll give you the oil of joy for your sadness. We need to give people both sides of the love story so that when they encounter a situation, they don't run. Well, she'll be here all week, folks. Thanks for coming on out. And we're going to go ahead and uh, close the show out. But thank you all for. No, just <laughs> I like that. Um, I mean, that whole intro, everything, um, the discomfort piece. Um, do you think, let me ask this. Do you think that the reason, and I'll go to Lauren and Stefan, do you think that we don't sell the discomfort because it's almost like when you're selling a car and it's a used car or a new car, you want to give all the features mm -hmm. that make the car good. Not saying that this, this, uh, navigation system that had a thousand recalls on it. You understand? We don't talk about the recalls that it happened because of a new car. Um, I've always was taught that when a new car comes out, you don't buy that first year model. You give it a couple years to let them get the kinks and the bugs out. So why do you think we don't sell the discomfort part, Lauren? Well, as Christians and believers, majority of us live a lie anyway. So because we live a lie, we want to sell a lie. But in the world that we live in, they live off of truth. So they'll tell you, I'm a drug addict. I'm addicted to sex. I, I'm a, a thief. I'm a robber. I'm a liar. So that, because in the church, we always have to stay dressed up in our best dress and live this facade in this glass house. If I provide truth to you, then that means the house has to come down. So let me keep you, invite you in through the glass door that as soon as you throw a rock at it, it's going to fall down. Let me let you in into our lie. But the flip side of it is when the truth comes in, you have nothing to stand on because you don't have a solid foundation. The solid foundation comes from truth. So it's more a house of cards. Yes. It's ready to tumble. Steph? <clears throat> yeah, piggybacking on what Lolo said, she's right. Um, a lot of people sell a mirage just to get people to walk in a direction in, in, in the desert of where they they created this, this you know, monumental thing that uh, a change is immediate. And the truth is, in the, the walk that we have, it is not, uh, you know, an immediate thing. You, you think about the gyms and everything like that and the membership, and they show all these bodies and these transformations. This happened in two weeks and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And now the person that signed up for the program is discouraged. Yeah. Why didn't my body change that quick in two weeks? Makeup is different. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to really look at it. And in this in this walk with all of us that have around this table that have uh, submitted ourselves to God through Christ, right? We go through more downs than we do ups. That's the truth, you know. But those ups are grandiose. Mm-hmm. They're more grandiose. So I got a saying that I say to anybody that wants to get into the field of construction, a contractor is only as good as the solutions he or she can create. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because you're going to go through more problems than you are going to create something that was great the first time. And so as, as you continue to work through those problems, you finally arrive to something that is amazing. People look at some of the properties that I create and they're like, man, that, that home is amazing. That looks great. But you don't understand what I had to go through to arrive to that point. And it really, t- it really took a lot. And it was weighing on me. And it's the exact same thing with our walk with God through Christ. We go through more things and you see a glamorous life, but you don't see those times when somebody's driving in the car and they're crying the entire way to work. And they're, they're crying on their way from work to home. And there's, they're crying at night. They're crying in the morning. They're crying in the afternoon. They're crying in the evening again. Constantly. And all the while, God is with us because he's teaching us. And all, those, all these things are important. So the discomfort is a discomfort. And it's, it's a temporal discomfort, but it comes back again. That comfort is, is like a throwing in our side. So... Or in our flesh, I say. Yeah. So same thing, right? <laughs> I'm not. I don't have my Kofi on today. <laughs> I got one for you. Right but here. uh, but I must say that I believe that the reason it's hard to sell discomfort in the church, especially in Western culture, is because the dominant group who we set the standard of Christianity on has never had to really have discomfort. When you have raped, stolen, pillaged, killed in the name of Jesus and haven't had really many consequences attached to those things, you could tell people God has been good because I've done what I've wanted to do and look what he's blessed us with. If I, if I stole and I raped and I pillaged and my family's legacy was one where, I mean, there's some, some slight talk, but it's really not cutting into my fortune, then I could talk about the greatness of God, the goodness of God, and, and make it seem like there's no stumbling blocks right. because there was no stumbling blocks for me doing what I wanted to do. But when you come from the culture that has been the – the oppressed, then their conversation sounds a little bit different. If we were to build a time machine and go back 160 years and we were, we were able to survive (laughs) the, the stories and the way that the slaves talked about God and freeing them and looking for the hope, but understanding that this is the ugly part of the Bible. They would tell a different story than the man in the house who was owning the 30 and the 50 slaves. You get what I'm saying, Shonda? So I think a lot of times in Western culture, because white 
Christianity and white evangelicism is the dominant culture, they don't know how to talk about discomfort because they don't like to talk about discomfort. And the whole basis of the church typically comes from that standpoint. Now, we know that there are black Christians and brown Christians and all of that, but I'm just talking about what permeates these discussions is based on that. To kind of add to what you just said, I think the promotion of ill-gotten gains as blessings has distorted the Christian waters, and and people now are afraid to drink it. Um, People don't like to struggle. You know, nobody likes to struggle. But to remove struggle is to invite weakness. Struggling makes you stronger. Like Stefan referenced uh, going to the gym. You know, you go in there when you first get in, it's, it's hard to lift that 35-pound weight with one hand and put it behind your head. And lift. You know, you, you struggle with it until you adjust to it. It's still 35 pounds. You've just gotten stronger from picking it up, you know. So to remove struggle is to invite weakness. And you wonder why is it that in certain areas – you know, I'm always struggling. Is it because you refuse to struggle through all the way? You go in the gym, you pick up a weight that's too heavy, so I'm never picking that up again, then it'll always be too heavy. You'll never be able to pick it up until you pick it up. You'll never be able to get past the struggle until you actually struggle all the way through it to the other side. You know, you have to allow yourself to become, become strong in areas where you're uncomfortable, and we don't like to be uncomfortable. And let me tell you something. When you get saved, when you start professing Christ, Paul said, I didn't know sin until the law came. You don't recognize who you are until you actually receive Holy Spirit, until he starts to stand up in you. Then you get a picture of yourself in relation to him. Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a person of unclean lips. You know, my heart needs to be washed and clean. You don't come to that. Um, conclusion until you've been confronted with Christ and now it's uncomfortable but nobody talks to you about how uncomfortable it's going to be when you actually see yourself for the first time as you are we don't have those conversations and we need to have them you're going to struggle like struggle and suffering it's going to happen Either you're struggling or you're struggling. Now, there's a struggle that comes because those who will live godly shall suffer persecution. If you proclaim it, you're going to struggle. And then there are those who struggle trying to avoid the persecution that comes. So it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah, see, people look at um, stories in the Bible and they look at them from, um, you know, uh, like paraphrased, right? You look at the story of Joseph. Joseph was called to do these these great things. He tells his brothers, and what does he do? He gets sold, mm-hmm. and he he goes to uh, what Potiphar's house, and he's doing things there. He gets uh, uh, lied on by his wife, uh, and then she says he tries to do something with him. He gets thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. He's in jail. But if you really look at the story and you look at those scenarios, God was still God mm-hmm. through what the commitment he had for him. Right. See what I'm saying? Same thing with Job. Job had to endure, right? There was like a blessing encapsulated in the struggle. That was the point. Like, I need you to be in prison because I need to deliver your family. There you go. It's like it's a struggle. Like, I need you to be sold into slavery because the route that they're going to take, you're going to be found by these. I need them to put you in the hole Mm -hmm. because there are going to be some people who come by. They're going to see you. I need to get you from here to prison. 100%. It's a plan. Yep. It's strategic for God. Yep. 
You just see the suffering. He has to work that stuff out of you first. If he would have blessed Joseph prior to him going through that, Joseph would have been arrogant. And he wouldn't have been the same man that brought his family to Egypt. Humility between the dream and the revelation. There you go. Just like Joseph, Job said, what did Job say? Job said, my, my, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Right. Yeah. And that was a different experience because once he endured, then he made the statement, I know that you can do all things. Right. No he plan said, of yours can be for you. is caked with worms and dust. Mm-hmm. But in all my appointed time, I'll wait till my change comes. Right there, suffering, discomfort, mm-hmm. blessing. There you go. So the discomfort should be the first thing we talk about. Right. But the struggle. But I think that we don't like the discomfort or the struggle talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think we don't like the discomfort or the struggle talk because people are already suffering. And if I tell you this salvation is coming mm-hmm. with more suffering, then what do I need the salvation for if I'm already suffering? Because there, no <laughs> there is no salvation. There is no salvation. And right I, now you're suffering by yourself. Right. With That's no help. Too. But, oh, when you struggle with God, there's the help and see we were talking about the miraculous yeah like all everybody want a miracle but in order for you to get a miracle you got to be in a desperate situation mm-hmm. you're in a bad right. situation yeah where you need something to happen yeah the miracle ain't coming and you sitting on top of the mountain with all the money you want you all see. the love you right. want you know what i mean you, you get a miracle it. when well, you face down yeah. on the ground with your back against the wall. What's a sunny day if every day is a sunny day? Exactly. 100%. Right. 100%. Go ahead, Law, real quick. Go ahead, Law. Go ahead, Steph. No, I was just going to say the, exactly what you was just saying. The person before doesn't have that reward at the end. You're already suffering. Exactly. You're going to go through it now, and you're going to have a reward in it because every single story right. ends with God being glorified, and you see that within your life. Right. With God, after you've suffered a while, I will establish you, strengthen you, settle you, and make you perfect. That's with God. 100%. Well, I just know, and I've, I've said this many, many a time, and I know there's a term that they use called like narcissus, where you see yourself and like I'm the David or I'm the Joseph. And, and I don't, we can argue those points, but I more look at it of what these people went through and what they dealt with before they got their ultimate goal. Y'all, you brought up Job and Joseph, but even David. David was what, 17, 16 when Samuel came to the house and told him he was going to be the king? Yeah. Joseph, he was 15. 15. David did become king for, what, another 10, 12 years, something like that? Yep. So think about and all the stuff he went through before he became king. Right. Remember, up to that point, he hadn't dealt with uh, De- Goliath. He hadn't left. He hadn't had the king trying to kill him. Right. He didn't become friends with Jonathan. None of that stuff had happened up to that point. Right. But the minute that Samuel came in there with that oil, oil. like, man, if I knew all of this was attached to that oil, I wouldn't have, did it. I wouldn't have let you pour that thing on. I would have stayed out there with the sheep like right. I was, should have been doing. But, but, go ahead, Lo. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, but even if we look at Jesus, like they loved Jesus. Until they didn't. Until they didn't. Mm -hmm. But that was like the ultimate sacrifice. So I think if we 
even if we don't even go into the meat of salvation for people that are new coming in, if we tell them, listen, Jesus died on Calvary for you before he made the decision because it still was a decision. He could have said no because he didn't do nothing. Unlike he, us. he was trying to say no. Yeah, right. He could have said no. Before it was time, they loved him. They was coming to him, oh, Jesus, Jesus. And then it was time for him to give the ultimate sacrifice, and he did it for us. So if he could do it and he didn't do anything, I think that's what we need to relate to people. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard. You're going to get whooped on. Yes, you are. But look at the reward that came from Jesus being obedient. I, I think what we need to sell is like Lauren, we had a conversation pre-show and I said that sometimes we ask God to expose things that need to be exposed. Yeah. And when we ask God to expose things that needs to be exposed, a lot of times we might not get the answer that we want because now God is going to say, you need to drop some of these friends. You need to drop some of these ways. You need to cut some of this loose fat because you you asked me right. what's been stopping, what's been pulling you down. Well, I'm going to show you right. what's been pulling you down. And there's a discomfort in that. Right. You understand what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. You, we come into relationship um, with God, and he starts to clean up his house. You know, he's coming in. You are now the home for Holy Spirit. You know, you present your body living sacrifice you know you are now the habitation so when he comes in he starts cleaning it up to us it looks like suffering because he's moving all the stuff out of the way because i can't stay in here with this or i can't live in here with that or i can't find i can't use you like i want to because of this and god starts cleaning up and we see it as suffering because we look at it as loss we don't see it as he's cleaning up he's cleaning up the place that he's going to dwell. He's got to clean it up to turn it into a secret place, to turn it into a sanctuary for because him. Because we're the temple. Cleaning. We're a temple. Right. And, and he wants a clean temple. Right. And, and clean smoke. How can God build an altar in you with strange fires? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He starts sweeping it out. And, and, uh, and it's because uncomfort. it's a lot of dirty stuff in us. Mm-hmm. You may remind me of that movie, uh, Get Him to the Greek. When he was like, he was like, he was like, I'm in your mind. He used my effing. But he was right. like, he's like, well, I hope you have a condom because I have a pretty dirty mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, yeah. when we really examine the stuff, just think, and I'm not just talking about sexually, but the wicked stuff we think of. That's why God says what? The man's heart can be deceitfully wicked above all else. Right. And who would know about the Lord? That's right. So when he get to examine it. It's like, and it's, you know, we, we like, uh, we examine in a way like um, operation. Hit right. the wrong, eh, right. no, eh, no, eh. We ain't got that ability. Mm-hmm. Right. But when he examined. Oh, yeah. And it's usually something you don't think anything is wrong with it. You know, it ain't done nothing to you. You know what I mean? This is okay. It's not really prohibiting me from doing anything. And God looks at that. Okay, it's lawful. It's not expedient for you. <sighs> I tell and so people he that all the time. Moving stuff that you don't think anything is is wrong with it, and now we're uncomfortable. 
you know, you, oh, whew, I, I feel like I'm untethered. You get that feeling because he moves all the crutches and all the things that you've put, you know, around you. And he says, I need to expand your territory. I can't expand it with all these things that you have in place. And he starts shifting it around. Well, even, even I'll, I'll say it like this. Stefan has something that he's working on right now that the Lord is blessing with. Stefan now in hindsight sees that there was some things that had to be shed before he was able to move forward in this. If you look at a snake, snake skin starts to slowly deteriorate. And then if you are in the one who is in the forest or in those areas where a lot of snakes are prominent, you'll see snake skin, old snake scales sitting. Why? Because they had to come out of that old skin for them to be able to grow Mm-hmm. Into their new skin. Mm-hmm. Right. The things that you're the Lord had for you, you had to share some old skin to walk into that new mm-hmm. skin. And how often have I mean, Shonda, you can t- how many people have you had to shed? Man, I don't have a circle. You know, it's a, a period. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah, no, it, it, it is an uncomfortable thing. And we don't know the changes that even like you just said about a snake. We don't know the discomfort that a snake endures right. in, 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 in uh, shedding its skin or when a, a deer loses its antlers mm-hmm. or when they're going through, you know, their, their different mating seasons and things like that. Right. Why are they more aggressive around those times? We're the exact same way. We all have to endure something also. Right. And I think that, you know, I think so years ago God told me um, – uh, comfort is not a necessity or comfort is not a necessity. It's a desire. Peace is a necessity. Peace is what God offers us. It is not comfort. Comfort is something that we all want. And every time it's not going to always be comfortable. Oh, you We're cannot going in, be comfortable and no, courageous at the same time. No, you can find even through those times, you can find the peace of God in those different scenarios. And everything you deal with, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you can find that peace in God through those different times. I look back and I look at the things that I had to endure um, and, and, and these things that I, I thought I would never go through. And I went through them and the peace of God was with me and it transcended through all of those. It penetrated through all of those. So, yes, those were changes and those commitments that I made in prayer. And I said, God, I ask that you remove this, that you take me to this new level, that you do this for me, you do that for me. And he said, yeah, I'm going to take you there, but you're not going to like the route I take you. And I say, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you through this. It's going to be okay. Yeah, okay. And I can guarantee you're going to go through some things when you're on a charter territory and it's going to be uncomfortable. But again, like I said, God said one years ago, he told me comfort is not a necessity. It's a desire. It's a human desire. But peace is a necessity. And peace is what I promise you. Yeah, he didn't promise us comfort. No, Mm-mm. no. Because he knew that it was going to be uncomfortable. If, if Jesus would have that level of discomfort to bring salvation to the world, 
how do you think you're not going to experience a great level of discomfort to do greater things in mm-hmm. the earth? Like for everything we want and love so much, there's discomfort somewhere. You ever seen a sheep get sheared so we can have wool hats and socks and, and, and suits? Mm-hmm. You know, or alligators die so that someone can have the shoes. You know, cows give their hides so we can have leather jackets and purses and backpacks. There's discomfort everywhere for you to experience something that you love so much. Absolutely. So why is it that we think we get to be comfortable and that's it? No. Well, he says my burden is light and my yoke is easy. He didn't say you wouldn't have burden. and right. He didn't say you won't have a yoke. Right, because he, you're yoked to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on. I heard I heard something <laughs> I heard something that Nipsey Hussle said. I mean, you know, before obviously before he passed, and he said, you know, every a lot of times when I think about the success that I have, and I start going through it because most people look at success from a bird's eye view, and they think success is this pinnacle to where you don't endure anything. And he was like, when you actually hit to this point of success, he's like, man, it's uncomfortable. He said, but I have to tell myself. This what is is what it's supposed to feel like because it's changed. Mm-hmm. So I have to I have to get out of my own mind and I have to get back to what the goal is. Right. And you always have to remember the goal that God is going to get you to this expected end. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, <laughs> that's a pep talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and I'm not saying this jokingly. Stephen's favorite scripture, 1 James 2 and 5. But what did it say? Count it all joy. Yes. Count it all joy. When you fall into manifold temptations, meaning yes. various temptations, knowing that the proven of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have its perfect work. So you may be perfect and entire, meaning complete, lacking, lacking in nothing. So that scripture right there tells you. You're going to fall into things, but just count it joy because there is a goal at the end. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why Stefan wanted to do this topic because (laughs) 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 we can, he can, and I was the one who threw it in not being funny, but I'm just saying that scripture talks. About I think it's our favorite scripture now. No, it's it's yours. (laughs) You okay? It's yours. There are people who think that once they're saved or once they accept um, Jesus that they're not going to be tempted anymore. They think the things that I'm doing, I'm not going to want. That lies. The temptation sometimes is even stronger because now you have to resist it. Right. Like before you before, didn't care. Right. Now you have to actually resist it. Well, well, real quick, two things. With, one thing with that. One, the things that you did before you got the salvation, they're still reaping and sowing for that too. Yeah. See, we, we forgot that. There were things that we did pre-salvation mm-hmm. that still have to come back around. Right. There were some seeds that was planted pre-salvation. Like me, one of the pre-salvation seeds was I had a son coming. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was coming with no or without what. salvation. Absolutely. The, the things you plant, you'll be the first to eat. You know, it doesn't matter. Okay, I, may, I got this whole garden, then I get saved. Hey, that harvest is still coming. You still got the harvest this set of crop right here, you know, but there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man, but God will with that temptation, make a way for you to escape. So it's coming. It's uncomfortable, but if you hold on there, God's making a way for you to escape it. 
You could be walled around, trouble on every side, but the devil can't roof you in. That would just be unfair. If he can roof you in, then God's a liar. There's a way for you to get out. A window, a door. A- hey, a, a hole somewhere. You may have to collapse your body. You may get hurt getting out, but you're going to get, Stephanie and I were talking about, you know, jumping. If there was a fire, we had to jump from the window right. to this tree right here. And I immediately thought about, now, my body size and these little branches <laughs> on this tree. Like, what's going to happen? But I will jump from here to the tree if there's a fire in the building. This is a way of escape. Doesn't mean you're not you're going to get out without a bruise. Doesn't mean you're going to come out without a broken bone. Doesn't mean you, you're not going to have some suffering. He's going to get you out. You're going to come out. But you're not going to come out unscathed all the time. And that's what we're looking for. Right. We're looking for. I think what it, it is, because think about we've all been to church. And the 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 points that really get the rejoicing. Not only did they cross the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. But they crossed the Red Sea on what, Shonda? On dry ground. On dry ground. Oh! And, yeah. that's, oh. and then that's when the... Wait, wait, wait. I got one more for you. When they hit that dry, they hit that dry land line, they go crazy. How about uh, the fiery furnace? And, and they all came out with no smoke, no smoke, no burns. And we, ah, we rejoice. When we hear that part, and, and, or, or, and you say, well, and the ones who... I see them in there, but it's another one with them, and it right. looked like the son of man. Right, and they right, came right. out, and it, or when Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. Exactly. And he came, he called, hey, Daniel. And Daniel said, yes, sir. Right. right. <laughs> and he was like, and, 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 and God kept the mouths of them lions closed, exactly. and we get the. Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Steph, do it. <laughs> <laughs> But you understand what I'm saying? Right. When we hear them lines, we think, Daniel didn't suffer. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me tell you something. You throw me in the cage with some lions, and you think that for a minute it ain't crossing my mind that. I'm going to get ate up. I'm going to get ate up. And you just might. You might come out missing a toe. You might come out with a bite out of you. You might come out with a burn. The operative word there is you came out. Right. And even because Steph read the scripture the other day about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what what did they say? They said, oh, God's going to deliver us from your hand. But if he doesn't. If he doesn't. And that's the, that's the part you have to have to understand. But if he doesn't, I'm still... Not going to bow down. What, what was uh, Isaiah 43 and 19, uh, 18 and 19? Remember that? Uh, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Right. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Mm-hmm. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Right. That's what God does. Oh, yeah. In, in Joel, I will mm-hmm. restore unto you the years that the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust has destroyed. You may have to go through it and suffer it, but he restores, like God restores. He gives back to you. There's nothing you lose, sacrifice, or give up that God doesn't restore to you at some point. A tree gives up his leaves Mm -hmm. for a season. For a season. Mm -hmm. But the new season, new leaves. Yes. 
come. Oh, I believe I, I can preach that listen, thing right I, I there. Really I, believe, I can hey, preach listen, that thing truth right is, there. The, the 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 walk with God is a seasonal walk. Absolutely, there is a. And there you experience all four all four seasons, seasons and you going to experience some. Constantly, right? One, you're gonna see uh, experience a season of harvest, right? Then you're gonna experience a season like a, a winter season mm-hmm. where everything is just dry and and dead and uh, things just ain't working out the way I wanted to. Winter has come. Then, so winter is there. Then you're gonna experience that spring. What we talked about is uh, you can't pray for the flowers if you don't expect the rain too. That's right. Then the rain comes. Then the summer is back again. Mm-hmm. So now what it uh, what it creates in you it creates a humility. And it creates a, a a a gratitude in you. Right, I was just thinking that. Creates a gratitude yes. in you exactly. to where you can understand God's grace and you can really be able to appreciate right. where he's taking you. Yes, it is the will of God that we give thanks in all seasons, absolutely. in everything. Absolutely. We be thank- God responds to thank you. Well, 100%. Oh, absolutely. But think about it. We look at when it's winter, stuff cold, the trees is barren. Only time yeah. it's really look good is when it might be snow on it, but we sick of the snow because the snow mean it's cold. We got to trek through it. Yeah, that real maturity comes when you can when you can thank God in them seasons in them right. seasons and thank and Him think for of those it things as, as rest, as, like the ground yep, has to rest. Right. and if it's not winter, you're not gonna allow I, the ground to rest. You just be plowing and planting all go. the time. I thank you for the season that just happened. And I'm thanking you for the season that's about to come. Absolutely. Because it's happened time and time again. And I know this is a seasonal thing, but I know you control the seasons. Right. Just like you control the natural seasons, mm-hmm. you control the spiritual seasons within my life. Right. I thank you for those times. You're going to provide for me in the winter just like you do in the summer. I don't know why I just got loud like I was preaching. You did. Yeah, <laughs> I, you did, did. yeah I did. Yeah, I did. I did. But I mean, but it, it, it gets like that, though, because at the end of the day, you know, like you said, I'm looking at this tree right now, and I can start to see the little leaves, springlings popping up out of the trees yep. as spring is coming. And 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 just like in our lives, we can start to see that thing turn. Like, God, I'm I'm feeling the turn happening. Right. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, maybe it was last week. We're we're in April, and we got snow. Mm-hmm. It was unexpected. Like who? Nobody's expecting a snowstorm in in April. Life is like that. You can be in summer, and all of a sudden you got an unexpected snowstorm. But even in the summer, do? you. But even in the summer, summer brings summer storms. You got hurricanes, hurricanes tornadoes. tornadoes. Yes. That day, that day it snowed. I, I expect to do something outside on one of the properties, and I'm like, I'm gonna I'm go do this tomorrow. And then it snowed, and I, yeah, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know what? I got something else I can do inside the house. I just had to switch. Right. right. I had to switch and do my, my, the tasks I wanted to do and go inside. Absolutely. And that's very relative in what we need to do in life. We Absolutely. may have an expectation of something, but then, you know what? It's something else I can be doing right now. I got to just thank God in that, that I can even do this other thing that I had planned. It's okay. Like it before the out. show, and I was telling you about what happened, you know, what happened to me. And you're yep, like, yep. you know what? Like, be thankful right now because on the other side, like, God's still doing stuff for you right now. Absolutely. Like, okay, yeah, this happened. Yeah, that was that was tragic. But look at what God is still doing right now outside of this. So if you only focus on the thing that happened that you didn't like, you miss the beauty of the work that God's doing. You can't like see the forest for the trees. Yep. Exactly. Yep. When you're talking about the mag- magician. Yep. The job of a magician is to keep you looking at something while he's doing something else on the side. 
and you think, wow, that was great. No, you were just out of focus. Right. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the devil's job to get us out of focus. So now you don't really see what God's doing because he's made what he's doing so big. Absolutely. No. Stay focused on where you, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but stay focused because God's working it for your good. Amen. And just so the people that's listening uh, know, we didn't uh, cut Lauren's mic off. She had to leave in the middle of the show. But uh, so we didn't cut her mic off. People like, well, what happened to Lauren? She ain't been on there. But I mean, no, I mean, let me tell you something. Like y'all didn't gave me about five, six things that I could preach off just this conversation. But I really believe that we Lauren brought it up at the beginning about we're lying to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I believe that the church wants to put on a facade of something because we have to convince people that the, did you, I don't know if you saw Stefan, I sent y'all a video on Instagram. Did you see the video on Instagram where the pastor was talking about your perception of what the church is, is wrong. And, but, but what I'm saying is we have programmed people to believe that the church is a building. And it's not. And it's not. And because we've programmed you to believe that it's a building, we've programmed you to believe other things. Where the beginning is the lie. The church is not a building. It's a people. Mm -hmm. When we come to this studio and we talk beforehand and we pray together and we we lift one another up, that's church. That's us lifting one another up. That's us praying for one another. That's iron sharpening iron. Like, I think even when you read the Bible, Paul was writing these letters to Timothy and to the Corinthians and to the Galatians and to Jew. I think we think that he was writing to 3,000 people. It could have been 15, 20 people, a little small group that was doing church, that had accepted Jesus that was going to help it to eventually grow. Because at the end of the day, Paul is also the one that said what? Some are called to plant, others to water, but God gives the increase. Paul wasn't about trying to do this chia pet thing. Right. Paul was about understanding the long game. Absolutely. And how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Not the whole, we we going to, man, I don't know how we going to get this thing, you know. So that's what we have to understand, and we don't understand that. So the fact that we just put all these perceptions out there, of course people going, I mean, I have to be the church, and as long as I go to church and I tithe, prosperity gospels have helped this mm-hmm. perception because I, I, if I tithe and I'm faithful, then God going to answer my prayers. That's a lie. I mean, no, no, let me say, God will answer your prayers. But it's not based on how much money you're putting on into the collection plate. Right, right. And he'll bless you with what you need, right. not what you want. Because sometimes what you want ain't going to be ultimately that's going to help you get what you need. And that's the thing with, you know, the children of Israel, Steph. What, what did, they complained for 40 years, but they never starved. Their shoes didn't wear Their out. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wax old. Right. Imagine having the same outfit on every day. Yeah. And you in the wilderness and your clothes don't get messed up. Right. 
your shoes, your sandals, you know, them them uh them uh them Egypt ones right. still look like the Egypt ones when you left. Mm-hmm. You must have had some Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And and they dealt with discomfort. But the they still got the cane. So we talked about that this week. Yeah, that's what and we was uh, relating that to our own lives. Because I felt like I was really looking at it like, man, you know, look at that complaining. I do the same complaining. Mm-hmm. I really do. And, I, man, I, I, every time I set a goal, God allows me to achieve it. Then I set a new one. And it's right. like, oh, you just forgot that last goal. I just got you there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just got you there. Neither of y'all hungry, but you want your food palate changed. Oh, so you want something different. Yeah, I, I don't want that today. I want something different. But you're not starving. You got everything you need. So that's how we are. That is human nature for us. That's why discomfort is not something that we like to endure. Mm -hmm. But discomfort, if you really look at discomfort and everything, Brock goes to the gym every single morning at 9 a.m., Right. <laughs> okay. Shots fired. He, he getting me back for that chase. So Brock goes to the gym every single morning. When he first started to go, going to the gym, he made the change because something was going on health-wise within his life, and he mm-hmm. had to make the change. And then he had to go every single day. It was not comfortable for him when he first started. Right. Then Brock, through the years of going to the gym, created a pattern and a routine of going to the gym. Some days he's not able to go to the gym and he's disappointed not going to the gym now. He's expecting to go to the gym. That very thing that was hard for him to endure originally actually became part of his life. And the lack of it is not a norm. Mm-hmm. That is the exact same thing with us. And it's still us. discomfort when I go. There you go. And the same thing right. with us as you, as you, Create, uh, go to a deeper understanding in God, that same thing that was uncomfortable, those seasons we talked about. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking for the season to change because it's changed before. Right. I know these is good times. I'm keeping my head down because I know what it's like when the seasons start going good. Right. That you know what's next. You learn to prepare. You learn to prepare. Me right. and you had that discussion mm-hmm. earlier before the show. Right. That as soon as something uh, uh, terrible happens, we know that God's preparing us for something that's great. Right. Like, there's a purpose for the discomfort. When uh, Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, God told him to go the way of the Red Sea. Like, he could have sent them another way, which would have been shorter, but he said, go the way of the Red Sea. It was uncomfortable. They went, they crossed, and the land that they got to, they settled there because of their fears and concerns and missing we're missing the enslavement that they came from. There was a lot of discomfort. Those areas of discomfort show you places where you need to work. And in order for them to get from there to the promised land, some changes needed to happen. There were things that needed, they needed to learn how to trust God, how to believe. He made them uncomfortable in so many scenarios and situations. But he also answered the discomfort to build a relationship you know, with them to show them, hey, you're going to face these times, but I'm right here with you. You're going to feel this squeeze, but I'm right here with you. So that when you get to where you're going, you don't have as many areas of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Well, when you when you felt like you had 400 years of absence, I need to show you and make up for what you think was not me being there. 
Right. Because remember what he said to Moses, the call of my people is great. Now it's time to let them go. Remember, they was in bondage for 400 years. Oh, yeah. By that time, the stories of Joseph and coming out and all of that. Wait, 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 wait. See, but the thing about it was, even in that, though, they forgot they was even, they even got delivered. They forgot those prayers when they were murmuring, complaining in mm -hmm. Egypt. Right. We working too hard, this and that, and that. I'm tired of making bricks out of this and doing that, and they complain. Right. God deliver us. Mm -hmm. God delivers them, and He takes them to freedom. And now they saying, "Man, Egypt might not have looked that bad. I'd be upset if I was God too." I'd be like, "You know, <laughs> not, you know not what? only did He bring them out, He killed all of Pharaoh's army that was pursuing them." You know, I'm not, I'm not going to only bring you out. I'm going to destroy every last one of your enemies, and you're going to see it. I will make those enemies your footstool. You go to the land. You're on your way to the land that he's promised you, and he's brought you out in a way that you know nobody could have done it but him. And because you can't sit by the flesh pot, mm -hmm. you're uncomfortable. It's like I'm feeding you with my own hands. I'm baking bread for you with every my morning. morning. I, I give you new bread that's every only morning. good for one day, right. except on the Sabbath where it's good for two. Right. Think give about that. Day, our daily bread. I'm doing it. I'm dropping quail from the sky for you to eat because you complain. I'm tired of bread. I want some meat. I'm giving you water from the rock. You can't be without Moses' presence for just a little bit while I give you the law of the land. Listen, it's going to be some uncomfortable times, but those are times when God's preparing the next phase for you. Time when he's writing out some laws for you. There are some times when he's destroying your enemies before you even get to the camp, but you know that they're there. So you're uncomfortable. God said, just if, if you just go, I'm going to make a sound in the trees and they're going to be confused and kill themselves. But because you can't see all of what's happening in that realm, we get uncomfortable knowing that there's an enemy, but he's responsible for our enemy. It's like, I'm going to defend you and avenge you. I'm going to make the way for you and then tell you, I'm going to order all of your steps so that you get exactly where you need to be. And God's never late. I was driving the other day and I was just thinking about, you know, how we say, man, God, I needed you right then. And, and you didn't, and you, you didn't come. He's never late. We're out of position. You may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on right. time. He's always He's on always time. on time. We're late. Mm -hmm. We're out of position because we're complaining and frustrated that it's not happening like we want it to. So we've moved out of position. I said I was never late. You I was waiting on you to get back. I'm I'm gonna give you an analogy. Are you guys something you want to say? No, something? I said that's when that's when we try to make God the responder and we try to be the initiator. Right. That's when it becomes an issue. We are the responders when God initiates. Right. He initiates something. We respond to that. Then you see it work in orderly fashion. Right. We're but uncomfortable we, because of our own thing. There you go. We try to make it. And, oh, I need you. I, you know what? I, I need that new house to, this year. I got to get a new house this year. You already got a house. Right. You already got the house. Right. You prayed about the one you wanted before. You got that one. Now you're saying, yeah, it's time for me to move. You rubbing the side of God like he in a genie bottle. Right. It's time for me to move right now. 
No, Father, I'm going to thank you for where I'm at. I'm going to make the prayer. I want to move. Right. I want to move to a, a different house, a new house. But I'm going to do it on your time. Right. I trust you. I thank you for being able to afford the one I got right now. I thank you for being able to pay the bills that I have right now. Right. Amen. But no, we, we, I, I'm, I'm ready for a new house. Mm-hmm. I, man, I'm disappointed this year because God didn't deliver me my new house. Right. But the house you got is appreciating value. Because next year when you sell it, you're going to have more money to afford the house that I got for you. Right. But you you upset. You don't okay. even know that the market isn't the best right now for you right. to sell your house. It's, it's, it took a dip. Right. But the guy up the street is developing a new house that's going to shoot your comps up. Right. So I need you to wait to sell your house so you can get full comp for it right. to get you into that house that you prayed about. Exactly. We see in straight lines. Holy Spirit sees around the corner. There you go. You know, we you, you, can't, you can't beat God. At what he does. No. I said this before, like my man said on the movie with Denzel, Satan reasons like a man, but God thinks of eternity. <laughs> and that's the truth. So great conversation, not ex- great conversation. Cause we could talk about this for about another hour yes, and hour and a half, but um, we're going to close out. But before we close out, block is hot the block is hot Shonda you got something you know what there there was a story on the news and I I hope I pronounced his name right Leo Leola Leoya the uh the guy the from from shot oh in Grand Rapids Michigan shot in the back of the head on the ground something's got to change something has got to change Listen, I, I'm saved with a, with a bit of activism. You know what I mean? I think that something's got to change. We've got to do something because our black men are still being killed. I understand the fear and being afraid when you get pulled over, you know, by the cops. It's like the cycle just continues. And I'm a little bit angry about that. Uh, you already know how I feel. I do. So I ain't even going to say much. Because it's the silence is deafening. We've got to have these, you know, discussions. And listen, I, I I understand now that it's not about church or the building, as you said a few moments ago. We are all temples, you know, and we all bring our temples to a location so that we can reveal what's been happening in our temples all week. Absolutely. So when somebody shows up and they their their temple is dry, you know, they haven't been in the presence of God. They have no oil. Or their oil is low. And so we all get together and increase the oil and we share it and we send up, you know, fire and smoke to God and he inhabits that and dwell, comes and dwells in the midst of us. That's church. We can't afford to be silent about injustices that happen to people who look like us and to people who don't. We can't afford to be silent about injustice, period. God wasn't silent about the injustices he saw. He was the activist. So, Steph, you got anything? Well, I mean, whether we're having... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got one thing. Um, I just want y'all quick input on it. Um, I saw an interview with um, DJ Envy. Him and his wife just wrote a book. And she was on their show, The Breakfast Club. And on the show, she said that pretty much said that God gave her mom dementia so that it would, she wouldn't be one of the voices 
that kept them from staying together, her and Envy. And, um, yeah, I just don't understand when we say things like that. Shonda, which I don't, I don't know what to say. Staff, anything? Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, something like that. It, it just sounds honestly like that's a little bit of ignorance. You know, I, I never um, associate somebody else's demise for my uh, reward, so to speak. And that's pretty much what that that is saying. That somebody has a condition so that somebody can live a life of freedom in something that they want to do. And uh, I don't that's not the way that, that God works in in in, um, in uh, destroying somebody else for somebody else to prosper. Right. Um, so I don't I, I disagree <laughs> with that. Yeah, I would I would adamantly disagree with that as well. We have to um, become more intimately um we have to become more intimately knowledgeable, knowledgeable of the word and the things that come out of our mouth and the things that we put on God. So I'll just say that. Just because you have the right to say some things doesn't mean the things you're saying are right. <laughs> That's a fact. All right, now we're not. Right. <laughs> That was a cruise ship horn. <laughs> <laughs> and that was another episode, another edition of The Block is Hot. So we're going to go ahead and uh, close out this show today. So I'm going to start with you, Rabbi. Drop that knowledge. There's no way around struggle or suffering. You can't avoid it. It is wrapped inside of salvation. If you suffer with me, You'll reign with me. So there's no way around it. They that will live godly shall suffer persecution. You know, after you've suffered a while, I'll strengthen you, establish you, settle you, and make you perfect. Um, There's just no way around it. Um, Jesus said to the disciples, in this world you will have trouble, but don't fret. He's already overcome it. We win. You know, I want to encourage you with that the way I'm encouraged with it. It's a fixed fight. I win. It's a win-win. It don't end until I win. That's what keeps me going in the face of suffering. Good job. Good job, Rabbi. Steph? Um, Pray for endurance. Um, That is going to take you a long way. You don't know uh, what's around the corner. You don't know. uh, Some of you may know the calling that God has for you, and some of you may not. Um, Pray for endurance through those areas because that endurance is going to get you through. Um, whatever obstacles you come against or uh, that comes up against you. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Hey, man, thank you. Well, I think we all going to keep it a little short and sweet today. The Bible says that a man born of a woman of few days and full of trouble. And if we understand that, then we'll understand that God's word is true to the things that he says. But he also says, I bless those whom I love. And we have to understand that when we're in his fold, there was no fold like his fold. Because the blessings that come from being in his fold, our cup runneth over. And with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening. And God bless.